Welcome to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. You know, we're getting close to Christmas, Jack. I love Christmas. Yeah. It's, I love all things about it. I love I love the Christmas carols. I love the Christmas songs. Oh yeah. I love to decorate for Christmas. And there are certain things we need about Christmas too. We, yeah, we do need a lot of things about Christmas. Some things we we don't get. Uh, well, that reminds me when I was uh, a teenager, a kind of a young teenager uh, in high school, <laughs> as opposed to old. As teenager. an old teenager, I'm talking about you know. 10th grade, something like that, as opposed to, you know. He's an uh, old teenager I was a, I'm a, Yeah, uh, <laughs> mentally. <laughs> but um, uh, I was cool. I thought I was cool. I was getting cool. You know what I'm trying to say? No, I, I was never cool. You were never cool? I was never cool. I was cool. trying to be cool, I think. I don't know. But Mom um, uh, asked me, what do you want for Christmas? And I, I wanted... Uh, an amplifier for my guitar. Yeah. And that's what I really wanted. Uh, but I was being smart aleck or something, and Mom had always gotten me, you know, the things that I wanted. I mean, I was spoiled rotten, I guess. Uh, but she, I, I said, ah, I just want socks and underwear. That's all I want, just socks and underwear. And on Christmas morning, I'll never forget it, I got one gift, one present. I opened it up, and guess what I got? It wasn't an amplifier in there. It was socks and underwear. And I was so disappointed. I can remember being so disappointed. I cannot remember if I bawled my mom out. I might have. I don't know. I don't think I did. But uh, nevertheless, that would not be cool. Not cool. Um, Nevertheless, she knew I was disappointed. And I probably voiced it in one manner or another. And uh, that week, she went out and got me a brand new amplifier for my guitar. And I remember it. And then I felt guilty. Felt bad, but uh, it was just kind of the expectation uh, of getting a gift, and that isn't in any way, shape, or form what Christmas is about right. to me anymore. But I can certainly remember those feelings yeah. of uh, not having a very good Christmas if I didn't get that specific gift that I wanted. Right, just for me. I think everybody's had an experience like that where there's something that that you've wanted or expected or you, you've prayed for. And it's just, it's just never happened. And uh, one of the stories that touches me as we get ready for the Christmas season um, is a story like that. Uh, there's an older couple who, um, well, they're, they're lonely. They're, they've, they've lived their life. They've uh, done their, their tasks. Um, and, but they've never had any kids. They have... You know, they have their extended family, but they've never had children. And in in the first century, um, even more so than today, that was uh, that was that was what defined you was your family and your legacy um, and the things that that you build from there. And talking about the priest Zachariah um, and Elizabeth and his wife Elizabeth. Right. That's right. Um, Zachariah, being one of the priests, they had this thing where you would go into the the temple and you wouldn't go into the Holy of Holies. That was only the high priest. And that was only one day a year that you could enter into the very presence of God. Um, It says here, this is Luke chapter 1 and verse 8. I'm just going to go ahead and read this. Now, while he was serving as priest before God 
When his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Um, you know, you just read over that and it doesn't sound like much, but... Big deal. It, it was a big Absolutely. deal. Because here's the reality. Not only has this guy waited and, and never had any children, and so that's that's like the major disappointment. That's a lot worse than socks and underwear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Once-in-a-lifetime. So Zachariah has never, never done this before. It was a, it was a very a weighty thing to, yeah. to get that lot to fall upon you because the belief was that was then God's will. That was God's will. He was God's chosen will. by God to go in and to burn that incense. So here's his moment, and it says, And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. So his job is going in and burning the incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. For your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Um, we, we talk about John the Baptist as the forerunner of Jesus, but it's not so much that he's like preparing a path. He's, he's preparing the people. He's setting their hearts right. Because, and how's he doing that? He's doing that through the Holy Spirit. Right. He's probably the only person that we know of that is filled with the Holy Spirit prior to the giving of the Holy Spirit right. on the day of Pentecost. Right. And, and, and from, from birth, uh, right. you know, right. even in the womb, I can't imagine it says that. in the womb, yeah. he was filled with the spirit. Yeah. Wow. Um, we'll touch on that again with a little story that, that comes a little further on. Um, and then Zachariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. Yeah, well, the angel Gabriel then says to him, hey, because you've questioned me, <laughs> here you are, your once in a lifetime spot. You're standing just outside the presence of God. He's outside the Holy of Holies. And the angel appears to him and says this. And it's like, this is so reminiscent of so many stories in the Bible. It's like, you know, Moses and the burning bush. And, and you go on and on. It's like, Here's here's the voice of God basically telling you how it is. And then you're like, well, how do I know? <laughs> and so the angel says, you know, because you doubted my words, you won't speak a word until this child's born. Eeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a man that wanted to speak the message of God. Yeah. Couldn't. Yeah. When you get this kind of news, you want to share it. Right. right? So he comes out and, and all of his family and friends and the people that were there, they all knew that he'd seen a vision. They could, they could read it on his face, but he couldn't say a word. He could not say a word. 
So, And so he's out going out and making signs to them, trying to get them to understand right. what he's trying to say by making signs to them, and they, they can't get it. That's kind of amazing to me. It, it is an amazing story. One, one of the things about, we'll just call it introducing Christmas. Okay? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, the next thing that happens is Gabriel, well, yeah. the, the busy angel, right? He, Very busy. He, he gets another, another job, another task from God. And that is to go to another woman, to go to Mary, uh, really a teenager, probably, right. probably about as old as I was when I made my stupid decision to doubt my mom and not be a good mm-hmm. son. And here she is about 13, 14 years old, right. maybe. And uh, the angel of the Lord comes to her and tells her that she is going to have a child. And she wonders, how in the world am I going to have a child? I've never been with a man. And once again, he tells her the Holy Spirit is going to be involved in her. And uh, he is going to bring within her the Savior of the world. The King of glory is going to be born through this young girl. And he is going to come to take his throne. And the angel says it is going to be an everlasting throne, an everlasting kingdom. He gives her that. So... uh, Good for Mary. She believes the message and um, gets uh, Jesus to be her child, to raise him. But then she goes to Elizabeth because now Elizabeth would be related to her. Right. Right. And so she goes to Elizabeth. And what happens there when she gets there? This is the reminder of, of what we just read about the Holy Spirit coming upon John, even in the womb, because Elizabeth says to Mary that she felt him dancing in her womb. <laughs> you know, the, this little guy with filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit recognizes that uh, Mary is with child, not just with child, but with the Son of God. The, the child, the Son yeah. of God. And he is How coming amazing. to save the world, to bring the message of salvation yeah. to all of the world. And he's going to do that through John the Baptist, who basically is about six months older than Jesus, yeah. as far as reality is concerned, real time, and uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. One of the things that I would just like to kind of interject here about sure, that, absolutely. because uh, there's there's an interesting thing that happens uh, when John sees Jesus when he comes to him uh, in uh, uh, the Jordan, yeah, where he's baptizing sure. all of these people, right. and Jesus comes to be baptized of John. And when John sees Jesus, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And I believe that John, filled with the Holy Spirit, saw into the heart of Jesus, saw into the soul, the spirit of Jesus, and saw purity, saw holiness, probably for the first time in his life. What was his reaction when he saw that? He said, you need to baptize me. I'm not worthy to even untie your sandals much less baptize you, Jesus. And, of course, Jesus says, I do this to fulfill all righteousness. Go ahead, baptize me. And he did. But it's an interesting reaction that John the Baptist has uh, to Jesus, I believe, because he sees the holiness of the Lamb of God come down to save save the world. And he gets to tell the world, what a great job. 
But we have the same job, don't we? We do. We do. <laughs> and it's, it's hard to do sometimes, um, a lot of times. And, and why is that? Well, we make all kinds of excuses. I don't know what to say. I'm not smart enough. They're going to ask me questions. I don't know. I'm not worthy. Um, any number of excuses that we can make for not being a witness. But uh, I think they're just excuses. Yeah. I, <clears throat> the f- fear is the word that just keeps coming yeah. to my mind. Well, think about it. You know. uh, Zechariah had fear. Sure. Uh, I'm sure Elizabeth had fear as well. Mary had fear. Right. Uh, It's a fearful thing to encounter an angel because everyone who encountered an angel in the scripture had fear because of just their appearance. Well, they always say, fear not. You know, every time time they show up, it's like, fear not. Fear fear not. Or or, don't be afraid. (laughs) Which tells us, you know, as the reader that, well, they must have been terrified. They must have been terrified. If they had to be told. To not be afraid. <laughs> well, it's interesting to me that um, the fear of being rejected. That's it. I think is one of the things that yeah. that we have in not being a witness or not sharing the message of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I would even say some of us have a fear that's even sillier than that. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you afraid of? To ask someone you love or someone you know or someone is their friend or you're acquainted with just to come to church with you. Yeah. I mean, just start there. Um, Why don't you come to church with me? I'll pick you up and let's go. And maybe in doing that, they will hear something. They will sense something through the wonderful worship that takes place as the people of God gather together. Mm -hmm. And the spirit of God would speak to them. The Holy Spirit could speak to them, and you would be responsible for that if you'll just take the step uh, to ask someone, to invite someone to come with you to worship God uh, to church this Christmas season. Right. I think uh, it goes a step deeper for me because uh, I think sometimes we just need to invite people into our lives. Sure. Um, I feel like today we're... It's, it's strange because in some respects we're so interconnected because of things like the Internet, even things like this podcast, um, and yet we're so disconnected. Um, you know, it's like the people we work with, uh, the people we see every day. Um, how, how connected are we, you know, really with them? Are they part of our life or, or are we just showing up and uh, we're there alongside them? Um, and and I, I don't think that it starts with just blindly inviting people that you barely have an association with. I think it starts with investing in other people's lives. You've got to become a part of a person's life because it's sort of like personal space. You know, um, if you invite somebody that you've never really talked to, uh, or you've never shown any interest in their life, or you don't know the names of their kids or I- anything about them, uh, you're kind of set up for rejection there because you're not invested in them. And um, that's, I think that starts by, I've, I'm saying this to me too, I've got to get invested in people more. I've got to earn that right to talk to them um, 
more personally. Now, that doesn't mean you can't say, hey, we're having this special event at, at our church or we've got this Christmas program or, or something along those lines. Yeah, give them an invite. Um, but now I feel a real conviction that... Do you, do, you, do you hear what I'm saying? Oh, yes. I think um, sometimes you look at uh, the situation in our world and used to be uh, Christianity was called you know, religion and the religion that we invited people to us. Yeah. And now I think it's been turned around to the place that um, worldly evil even are in, are insisting that Christians uh, embrace that belief system. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. The worldly system instead of us as Christians trying to bring people from the world to a Christian perspective. To a godly perspective. So you have to get involved in the life of people in order to make a big enough difference that we can overcome, uh, I think, the the, the struggle or the pressure uh, to buy Mm -hmm. into what's being sold uh, in our world today. So I think it's very, very, very necessary to do that, for sure. The other thing I would say to that is... um, you know, don't put this on yourself like it's some big weight, because just like our story when we're talking about um, Zachariah and Elizabeth, you know, they waited for a long time um, with disappointment. And what made it work? You know, what what helped them have John the Baptist to, to be the forerunner for Jesus yet? It was the Holy Spirit. It wasn't anything they did. I mean, years of effort, you know, um, didn't pay off. It was that moment when God used them through the Holy Spirit. So I guess the, the to me, the conviction for us is we need to yield to God. We need to invite the Holy Spirit to take that place um, in our life where we're open and, and vulnerable and he can come in and fill us and work through us Mm. to speak. That is absolutely the biblical purpose of the giving of the Holy Spirit. And I can prove it to you right here. The last thing that Jesus said, the red letter Bible, if you look in Acts chapter 1, there's a passage of Scripture that is the last time you see the red letters until you get to Revelation when he comes once again to, to John. But here's what they asked. When they had come together, these are the disciples, mm-hmm. after his crucifixion, after his resurrection, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to, to Israel? Here's what he said to them. It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Now listen. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in Judea, Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. I believe the reason the main purpose for the giving of the Holy Spirit was to empower his people who are filled with the Holy Spirit to be witnesses. So he gives you power to be a witness. I think our problem is we just don't say the first word. You might feel the power of the Spirit mm-hmm. reminding you of the things that you know, of the things that you've read, the things you've experienced. 
place words in your mouth that you might say that might be convicting or might uh, be loving or ministering words. The Holy Spirit is the power of witness that he's placed in every Christian believer. So, yes, I encourage you, invite, get involved in people's lives, uh, speak the gospel, live the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then you will be introducing people to Christmas because you'll be introducing people to the coming of Jesus Christ in their life. That's a beautiful thing. Good thing. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, We really hope that you find joy in this holiday season as we get ready to celebrate uh, the birth of our Savior. Uh, Not just our Savior, but the Savior of the world, um, Jesus Christ. He is our focus. He's the reason that we're here. Um, We thank you so much for watching. Uh, Don't forget to reach out to us. We need to hear from you. Please give us a call at 317-663-9390. We'd love to hear a message from you. Also reach out to us and email connect at jackandjohnpodcast.com. And we'll see you next time. Joy to the world. The Lord has come.